Welcome to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, the podcast for all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen, this season reporting to you from Iceland. This is an incredible day. I am actually by myself in the little cabin and my roommates, Stephanie and Ron, have gone off to visit art galleries in Reykjavik with one of the other artists, Edith, who lives in the other house on this property. And I think Marianne and her daughter, Yana, are still here, but they're over there and I'm over here. And uh, last night... Uh, a few of us went out to a local, it's like a guest house that has a sheep barn or a sheep farm connected to it. And it's a really beautiful little place. It's a, a small room, but great sound, wonderful lights, uh, all wood, just terrific ambiance. And we went after dinner to see the band Moskvit, who are from Selfoss. And they were just playing this intimate show. They've played much bigger stages. Uh, what you just heard that I played for you was one of their newest songs, just the first minute of it, called Human Error. And uh, it was really interesting because all their introductions to every song were in Icelandic, and then all their songs are in English. And of course, everybody here is fluent in both languages which is both an amazing thing uh, because you don't feel as a traveler that you are having a hard time explaining what you need or, you know, getting what you want and so forth. But for somebody who loves languages and appreciates learning them and being guided a little bit down that path, it's slightly frustrating because like in France, only with less asshole attitude, um, you know, they they have another way to speak to you. So you're kind of in or out in Iceland. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Some of the things I've noticed about being in Iceland and Icelanders. And it's connected also with this, uh, this wonderful James Longenbach, his last book that I'm reading. I believe it's his last book. Uh, the Lyric Now, Slender Volume. 
as always, uh, intense. Um, he just has a way of talking about poetry and poets that is just supremely engaging. But in the last chapter, 11, called The Lyric Now, uh, he says, Tourists take pains to distinguish their authentic experiences from the experiences of mere tourists. And this anxiety is as old as tourism itself. Beginning as early as the 18th century, when the modern notion of tourism arose, the savvy tourist already defined himself as the traveler who took the road less traveled, even if no travelers had ever preceded him. What drives this fear of precedent? What happens if we're destined to see only the places anybody sees to read again the poems anybody reads? And I think I definitely uh, suffer from that or, or struggle with that. I, I you know, mentioned a bunch of times tourism doesn't sit lightly with me. I, I guess mostly for me it's that sense of checking things off a list, uh, you know, the old bucket list, and we go quickly to a place, we take a few selfies, we depart... We feel we've had the experience when, of course, we've had nothing but, you know, the merest ghost of it, an echo, a trace. And so, uh, you know, I like to call myself a traveler or an artist because even though sometimes you have no choice but to spend little time in a place, I like to think that by translating it through art and sometimes spending more time in a place like I am in Iceland and also like I did in Cuba and Turkey in ways that were not at all a tourist friendly per se, uh, that I am more of a traveler. But it's just interesting, this need to make this distinction and to want to set yourself apart and define what you are doing as something that has never been done before, or not in that particular way. And, you know, part of this need for me was trying to learn some Icelandic words before and the alphabet and pronunciation and then, you know, having this feeling here that if you are not an Icelander and they know it, then there's really no point in you bothering. Uh, other countries, you know, you know, Mexico, you might say buenos dias. And, you know, because you didn't say buenos dias, they're very happy. They're like, wow, you know, you didn't even, you, you, you know, you tried to learn the pronunciation and not just the words, the greeting. And a lot of people don't even bother trying that. So... They're really happy about it and they encourage you to learn more. And, you know, the same thing in Turkey when I would say meraba, you know, and then they'd be like, oh, you can roll your R's. You know, it sounds genuine and authentic. Um, and then they try to help you learn more words so that, of course, they could better communicate with you. Whereas here, people could just switch to English. <laughs> and in France, frankly, people didn't give a shit. Uh, you could speak French quite well and it wouldn't matter because if you had any hesitations or your accent was different they also weren't particularly interested in speaking to you but it's different here it's just more like it's a very closed society it's uh it's small i mean there's there's 300,000 speakers of of english of uh icelandic so you know and they all speak english so it's um it's not really necessary for them to add to those numbers in a lot of ways and and they have quite a few issues with uh you know immigration here and integration and you know what happens when people come to work here and i see this all around me in Lochvaten, you know a lot of the people who work at the hostel they come from various parts of europe 
and they speak very little Icelandic. The the woman who was at the bar last night uh, serving me wine, she was from Australia. Uh, so then there's that, okay, where's this line? You know, how much do you have to speak to be considered in? And I think it's a, a lot of the island mentality is like, you know, you come from away, like as they think of it in Newfoundland, you come from away. So, you, you know, you could live there 50 years and you're still from away. So I think it's very hard unless you were born and raised here to really feel part of the society. Oh, there's this lovely thrush that's all spotted, just bopping along the deck. They uh, have songs very much like robins. But yeah, it's great when they come close because often you just see ravens in the distance here or sparrow-like birds in the trees. And I was out on my walk this morning and I startled one of these thrushes out from its grass bed and then I felt guilty. But yeah, uh, some of the other things I've noticed, um, well... If you're driving along, as we have on a couple of our day trips, and you're not fast enough, and even if you think you are going really fast and you're, you know, whatever, 20 clicks over the speed limit, uh, people will still go around you. And they won't be rude about it. They won't honk. They won't shake their fist. They will just speed up and go around you. And that's the case if they're tractor trailers. And I'm sure it's due to, in part, the topography of this country, which is very flat and straight in, uh, you know, uh, for many miles, there are curves, of course, but yeah, it's much easier to pass than say in the mountains of, uh, BC. Uh, what else? Uh, the, the people I've seen working in supermarkets are very young. Like you would think they were maybe 14 and most of the supermarkets are automated. So, uh, yeah, I don't know whether it's because they can't fill these jobs or, because they've just succumbed to that lure. Um, and then I was talking to Jana last night, who is from the Netherlands, but she has been living here. Uh, she's living here for a year, doing a postdoc at the University of Iceland. And she said she likes it here, and a lot of people seem to like it here, because the the work-life balance is so much chiller. You know, she says they'll work six hours a day, and then they'll live their lives. And there's more celebrations and, you know, the, the department's getting decorated and there's, there's more of a sense that you have to take care of yourself. There's, you know, pool passes provided. There's quite a big focus on the environment here in terms of what's going to conserve energy and uh, not wasting and things like that. So that's reassuring. And also the attitude of a lot of Icelanders is kind of like the whole Hawaiian time notion of like, you just got to chill out. So if you get agitated about anything, there's no point. If you're trying to press somebody for like, oh, you're going to be here at this place at this time, you're probably not going to get any satisfying answers. So you just have to kind of relax and go with literally the, the rhythms of the countryside and the ever-shifting sky. Uh, it's unbelievable. When I went up for a walk uh, an hour ago, it was bright and sunny, and now there's storm clouds coming. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to try to get to the, the pool, the local pool, and uh, the hostel for a beverage later, but I've got to write a review for BC Books first. Um, yeah, I would like to end with a Icelandic poem that is in English. I couldn't find the Icelandic. I'm not sure whether it's uh, translated or whether 
This is what he writes in only English, but uh, probably not because this poem's called Volcanism, and then it gives its Icelandic title Umbraut, and his name is Jonas Thorbjarnarsson. And uh, he's a contemporary Icelandic poet who writes of travels and geography, both within Iceland and abroad, because Icelanders are infamous travelers. Okay, volcanism. We are the ever-changing earth, always taking shape. New maps immediately misleading. New upheavals. I was someone, and then I met you. People change each other, even cause eruptions within each other. For deep down, we are kindled, determined by all kinds of magmatic associations. And a mountain of love rises, lifting the landscape of our lives. We are the ever-changing earth. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce! Word musicians.